Welcome y'all to the second episode of the Touch of Flare podcast. My name is Emma. You can find me on Instagram at fly.ifr. I'm a commercial pilot and I'm here to just talk aviation with you. Today's subject is going to be how to get your private pilot license inexpensively and efficiently. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to read more about it too, you can go onto our website, Touch of Flare, that's F-L-A-I-R.com and read about it after you listen to this podcast as well. If you've got any questions, please go to our website and send us a comment. And if you feel like it, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to. We always love hearing from you. Uh, today we are going to be talking about how to get your ratings as inexpensively and efficiently as possible. Um, I personally was not very uh, well off to get any of my ratings, uh, so it was a long-term push through of pain as I go, but through the end of it, um, I got my ratings and I actually ended up getting all my ratings pretty inexpensively um, compared to a lot of other options that I could have taken. So we're going to talk about just some different routes, some ways that I've found to really uh, cut the cost and bring the ratings down to just what you need to uh, really effectively get them accomplished. So, uh, you know, I used to run a flight school and this was a really common question, obviously, that almost every student would ask of, you know, just, okay, I see that this is the price that you're quoting me, but how can I make this cheaper? You know, a lot of people getting into aviation don't have all the money up front to even just get like a private pilot rating done and a ballpark of about $10,000 on the cheaper side um, seems like a lot of money to people. It is a lot of money. So we're just going to talk about some options today that'll really help you cut down that price tag and still efficiently get things done. So I'll talk about a lot of my personal experience on this. Um, I ended up getting my private pilot license. Um, Everything cost me $10,000. I got my private pilot license. I finished it when I was 17. I started when I was 16. Took me a little bit over a year and I paid for it myself in high school. I was just working and every other week I would get my paycheck and that one paycheck was pretty much enough for me to accomplish one lesson. So every other week I was taking a lesson. It was slow progress. Obviously it took me over a year to be able to complete my private pilot license, but there were some key things that helped me get through that and overcome the fact that I just couldn't pay for continuous lessons so that way I couldn't stay behind. And at the end of the day, I actually uh, found out how to do it very efficiently because I didn't have any money. And this really carried over into my other ratings as well. So the number one thing that I would say is if you're having to pay as you go and you can only afford to do one lesson a month or one lesson every other week kind of deal, you have to understand that a lot of the flying portion is going to be muscle memory and you're going to lose muscle memory uh, when you have so much time in between. So really the way to make up for that is to stay on top of things and study. Do a lot of ground school, be really diligent about keeping to that um, home study in between your lessons. Um, For that matter, the more ground school that you do at home, the less ground school you'll have to do with your instructor. You'll be coming to the lessons equipped and prepared and knowledgeable, and they're not going to have to teach you all the things that you should have known, and you don't have to pay them $45, $55 an hour them to teach you material you could have read for free in your book at home so that's a key thing if you stay diligent about studying in between every lesson you'll be able to 
retain a lot more and pick things up faster and not fall behind. So that way you're not as far behind and you're only having to make up a few muscle memory items. Otherwise you've kept things still pretty fresh in your head. So that does two things that allows you to accommodate for the fact that you may not have enough money to fly frequently and it cuts down on the cost of ground school. For that matter, when you do fly, you need to be making every lesson count. Now, obviously, you're going to be a student. Not every lesson is going to be perfect. What I mean by making every lesson count is I've definitely seen and experienced some instructors who just go up in the airplane with you and they kind of sit quietly. Maybe they don't explain much. Maybe they're taking you on another cross country that you don't need when you could be doing more touch and goes or more maneuvers, but they just want the cross country hours because a lot of uh, young instructors are time building and they I've seen people take advantage of that. So a big key to this equation is make sure that you've got a flight instructor who respects the fact that you are limited on money and time and you really wanna make the most of things. So you need an instructor who's looking out for you as well as don't be afraid to vocalize something that you want to learn in the airplane. You know, if you're going out and you're doing these things and the instructor's got a plan, that's awesome. But don't be afraid to say, hey, I need to practice this stall sequence again because you know best what you, you know, need to practice. Obviously, you know, trust your CFI, rely on your CFI when he says, no, we need to do this again. You know, we need to catch you up on this, but he can't read your mind and he might think, oh, this person is comfortable with, you know, whatever this maneuver is. But if you don't feel comfortable with it, speak up and say something. So a big part of kind of this whole equation is you need to be self-disciplined and self-motivated to be doing ground school by yourself, to be keeping track of where you're at with things, to be listening to your instructor as to the areas that you need to brush up on or not. You also need to be motivated to be making sure you actually save the money and put it aside and get this on your schedule. I've seen a lot of people who that's their their downfall is their intention is there, but they don't have the follow through. So this is going to be a long term thing. If you're only taking lessons once in a while, you have to have follow through for the next year or so um, and keep that motivation and keep that focus. So it really teaches you to be very disciplined on that. Um, a note for things, it's a great idea to look at scholarships, especially for the private pilot license. There's a lot of scholarships out there, a lot of opportunity. Um, I paid for the first $7,000 of my rating, and I then got two scholarships, which covered the last $3,000 of my private pilot license. And that really allowed me to take the last two weeks, do a bunch of lessons back to back, and then take my check ride. So they're very useful. Um, even a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars really can make a big difference. And honestly, a lot of people don't either apply for these scholarships or the people who apply aren't the right applicants. So really take some time. You can just go online and type in aviation scholarships and find ones that you qualify for and apply. Even if you're not sure, it's worth a shot. Um, there's some great groups. Uh, if you're a woman in aviation, women in aviation in the 99s, um, are always giving away scholarships uh, for both, you know, genders. The EAA has a lot of scholarships as for young people as well as older people. And then there's a lot of smaller uh, foundations and groups who do private scholarships that they funded on their own. So check into it. It's a great idea. Um, but yeah, that's about the main parts of trying to keep your private pilot license cheap. Um, the other thing is try to find 
a school that is not expensive, obviously. Um, I was part 61. Uh, the school that I rented from, they had just kind of an older one, 72, it was 125 an hour. The instructor was 45 an hour. Um, I would highly recommend to keep the price down, especially as private, find a basic airplane. You know, if you can fit into a 150, great. Most people can't. You have the lowest you can go is a 172. Or if you're in an area that's a higher density altitude, you probably won't find a 150. They won't be able to fly. Um, you know, pick an airplane that is reasonable, but still a good trainer. You don't need to go and get your private in, you know, a big fancy Cirrus or something like that. Or I've even seen people get their private in multi-engine airplanes, which is just terribly expensive and you don't need to do it for your private initial. Uh, so for your private initial, get a good instructor, pick a reasonable airplane. And when it comes to picking part 61 and part 141, I would typically recommend to people to go the part 61 route unless for some reason you're trying to go 141 the whole way and lower your time for a commercial to 200 hours instead of 250. Part 61 tends to be cheaper per hour and it's more fluid and tailored to you. Most mom and pop schools will be part 61. Uh, some larger schools that are privately owned will be 61 and 141. And then most college programs are going to be strictly 141 schools. Um, for the smaller privately owned schools, not colleges, part 61 and part 141 in the long term tend to end up the same price. However, it, like I said, it's more hourly for part 141. And unless you're really trying to get that 50 hour minimum down for the 141 uh, commercial to 200, uh, instead of 250 for part 61. I don't know, it's up to you in your consideration. Part 141 is much more strict on the syllabus. Uh, part 61 is more fluid. So I went part 61. I was very happy to be able to just tailor the training as I needed to and not have to do stage checks and things, but that's a decision for you to make. And it might even depend on what your school has to offer. So things to consider, but Part 61, part 141, definitely something to consider. Get a reasonably priced airplane, a good instructor, and be disciplined. Um, and you can really work it to where you're not spending an arm and a leg. I've definitely known people who came out with, you know, fifteen to $18,000 private pilots, and that's really not necessary um, whatsoever. If you do have the money, let's say you just have $10,000 up front, um, and that's disposable to you, I would definitely recommend people to just get it done. You know, if you have the ability to get it done in three months because you have the money, you know, do it. Just be diligent and also be wary because a lot of flight schools will help people who are lacking money. And when people come and just put $10,000 on account, there's a mentality that a flight school can have of, oh, that person can afford that. So maybe be clear that that's a limit for you. <laughs> so that way the, your instructor or your flight school doesn't just pile on top unnecessary ground or unnecessary flights just because they're like, oh, well, it's instrument time that you didn't need or something. Um, make sure you're on top of that because no one's going to watch your money like you. So just some thoughts on getting the private pilot rating. We're going to talk about getting the instrument rating cheaply in the next episode. Hopefully this gives you a brief idea on just some ways to keep it cheap and some price points. $10,000 is honestly pretty inexpensive. I have known people to do it for eight. Um, they were 40 hour private pilots. Um, so 
that's an option too. They did fly more frequently than I did. Um, they were more like once or twice a week and then they just got it done, but it does take the overall price down. So it is possible to get your private somewhere between eight and $10,000, flying cheaper airplanes, you know, be regular, but you can do this debt free. And I think that's a huge point because I've seen people take out private loans for getting their private pilot license and it's a $10,000 loan with 26% interest. Um, I don't recommend that, honestly. Um, 26% interest, I mean, you can get a credit card with no interest for a year kind of deal. That's a pretty bad deal. So honestly, try to do this debt free. You know, you don't need to go even to a university for a lot of this, even if that's your path. Like a lot of people that I know who have finished out a lot that they've done at university got their private pilot first and that saves them thousands of dollars. So for your private, I would highly recommend pay as you go, get it cheaply, be diligent, and you can really make this work for you. So in the next episode, uh, we'll cover the IFR rating. I'll go over what I did personally, what I flew, how much it cost, and we'll go from there. I hope this was helpful to you and that you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you next time.